Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City. This is John Massengale sitting in the studio with my friend Les Kaiser. How are you, Mr. Kaiser? Howdy. Doing good, doing good. Jonathan Green is not with us because he is doing Trans Am this weekend out in California. So, But he will be back next week. And we will be here because we're going to yeah, be in Miami, either. baby. Miami. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to that. Hey, and people, uh, a couple people ask on social media, uh, where is Bob Varsha? And he only joins us during the Formula One broadcasts. So um, check our website for all the details on that. And Dave O'Neill joins us when he can. So those guys are not with us tonight. But, man, we got lots to talk about. We got fantastic IndyCar race to talk about that we'll jump to first. But we also sat down with American Texan, I should say. What? Actually, that's in, I've got that in the wrong order. Texan, American <laughs> Jack Crawford. We well, old Texans to higher standards. Who's uh, who's uh, racing in FIA Formula Three over in Europe? So we caught up with him earlier today at a reasonable time over Milton Keynes because he's a Red Bull driver, and we have a great interview with him. Really, really nice young kid, and he had a fantastic weekend at Emola. I mean, really a breakthrough is what the press release said, and that's true because he finished third and second in the premier race. And now is only four points off the lead in the championship in Formula 3. And we talked to him about what it's going to take to get to Formula 1. Actually, we said what it's going to take to get to Formula 2 because you need to get there first more than likely. Right. Uh, we talked all sorts of good stuff with him. And uh, so we're going to have that coming up. But we're also are going to talk a little MotoGP, but lots of Formula 1 stories because we do have Miami coming up. We're going to talk all about that because we will be there Bob Varsha will be there. Jonathan Green, myself, and Les will all be down in Miami. I heard uh, Dave O'Neill may be joining us. Oh, really? Spoke to him briefly, and he's going to try to make it over there. (laughs) Yeah. And, of course, we'll have Chris Medlin. That's right. Chris will be joining us. Getting the band back together, man. Exactly. Uh, So, yeah, let's jump into IndyCar, because I just got through watching it. I was all fired up about that. Frustrating start to the year here at Barber Motorsports Park. He's going to win again, but for the first time here, Pato Award. Take a flag, baby. Nice drive. Excellent, excellent job. Well he deserved. wins at Barber Motorsports Park to keep Shepard's amazing run going. 
Man, this was a great race to watch. I love Barber. I mean, it feels kind of, it's weird. I was watching all the Imola stuff recently. Uh, we did Jonathan Green's breakdown of Imola, and we put right. that to video, threw it up on YouTube, and lots of cool shots of, of an old school track. And Barber kind of looks like that in some of the spots, but it's a big flowing track. And Paddle Ward looked great all weekend and looked really strong. And he was, um, you know, he had a pretty good battle because Alex Pelot was right behind him. I think he, he finished less than a second behind him. But there's lots of good stories. Let me just run down. As Alec, it was Pat Ward, Alex Pelot, Renus VK, Will Power, Scott Dixon, Scott McLaughlin, who looked good all weekend. Roman Grosjean and Graham Rahal finished 7th and 8th. And there's lots to talk about there. Sparks flew. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally and verbally. So we'll talk about that. And Colton Herta finished 10th. I'm not going to run into the whole thing. You can look it all up. But Colton Herta, to me, I'll, I'm going to start there because he looked impatient. He looked crazy fast, as he always does. He right. just looked a little impatient today is what kind of came off when I when I think about what I saw him do. But I want to uh, I want to play this clip about Alex Pillow on his win because I really like his style. He's gotten really confident in his mm -hmm. racing, but he's also confident in his uh, interviews. Let's hear from Alex. Uh, yeah, it was a great day for us. It was a very... Um... I think a very slow-paced race, at least where we were at. Um, you know, last last year we 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 did the strategy that we didn't do today. Uh, so it, today was a bit different in terms of you know really seeing where these tires would take us in terms of, of blacks to reds, uh, reds to blacks. Um, but it was good. I think we we managed it. We stayed very patient. Um, you know, Renus was very quick. Alex was as well. So. Um, you know, I think it was it was definitely uh, kind of like a, a follow the leader type of situation. But um, you know, when the opportunities came, we we were able to take advantage of that and uh, and yeah, challenge these guys for for the lead of the race. Yeah, it was. He he's really confident right now for good reason. Yeah, and you know he's got it's contract time, and so I think he's wanting to say, look, I'm not, I'm not thinking Formula One. I'm not thinking anything else. I am here. I, this is my place. It's his third win in IndyCar. And I think that he's got a great spot if he continues to do that. So I want to move on to the Grosjean Ray Hall discussion because, uh, first of all, I want to play a little clip of that. Let's hear, uh, both those guys real quick. Talk about a run. Grosjean on the inside of Ray Hall. Graham gives uh, Romain plenty of room. There's contact. Oh, contact. Grosjean hits him twice. I think he aimed for him the second time. Yeah. That was almost as bad as that Jimmy Johnson pass. All right. So if you saw that today, that was with four laps to go. And Grosjean, I'll back up a little bit because they had battled at one of the apexes before where Ray Hall. Right. Um, they were battling for that apex, and I never saw from Ray Hall that I thought I hadn't gone back and got, I hadn't had a chance to go back and watch that carefully. But that one that we just heard was with four laps to go, and Grosjean hit him and then hit him again. And a uh, <laughs> one two punch, I well, yeah, one two punch. The uh, IndyCar media site didn't have that clip up, but the audio from Grosjean or Ray Hall. But they didn't have it up yet. But um, I saw it live, and Grosjean said, oh, it was just hard racing. 
But Ray Hall had a quite different take on that. He said, basically, he was just completely railing on Gojon, saying there was no way that was he shouldn't have done that. He said, it's been his reputation in Europe, and now we're learning it quickly over here. He was hitting. Oh, boy. He, he was kind of hitting, hitting low there, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I, uh, I don't know. I never really thought of Grosjean as an aggressive driver previously in, in you know, a competitive way. Things of, of doing like that. I, I just didn't see him that way. I, I never, I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if I, I mean, I agree with you. I don't know if I saw aggression. I did remember there were some mistakes. Yeah. I mean, you remember the one, oh gosh, it's been so long now. I can't remember. Was it in Spa where he just plowed into at everybody at turn one and that was a nightmare Right. And then, of course, that one time when he was just warming the tires and just spaced out and crashed. But I've been a big fan of Grosjean. He's obviously an extremely fast driver. Uh, but if I had to choose in this battle, I would say that, that Ray Hall's right. But uh, what was interesting, they showed Ray Hall and Alexander Rossi right after the race, helmets still on. And Ray Hall was going, you know, he was motioning like he was getting hit, you know, and, 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 uh, and I think that he that he Ray Hall even referred to something that that Alexander Rossi said because he was talking about about that reputation and saying something like "old oh, can't teach an old dog new tricks." No. It was it Ooh. was it was pretty good. It was, uh, but yeah, I uh, I think that was pretty clearly that was Grosjean's fault. So, but other than that, the race was. I mean, there was only like I think three laps under caution. Oh, that's and, great. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was a great fun race to watch. I know you didn't get to focus on that and you got to watch a lot of MotoGP, which I didn't get to watch, but we'll we'll talk about later in the show. But I think I want to go to our first break now because I want to get in this entire interview we did with Jack Crawford because he's doing great right now in FIA Formula Three. And we're gonna hear that whole thing right after this break. You listen to Speed City live from Austin, Texas, back after a quick break. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. If you want to know where the path to Formula One and Indy begins, it's three simple letters, VRD. VRD Racing of Atlanta, Georgia are dedicated to nurturing young single-seater drivers on their quest to the pinnacle of motorsport. Having just wrapped up the team's championship title in 2021 in the F4 U.S. Championship, VRD also has programs in FR Americas, the all-new USF Juniors, and the Road to Indy. VRD is the perfect environment for success. If you want to join the team, go drop them a DM on Instagram at Velocity underscore RD. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Austin's Talk 1370. and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, everybody, we're excited because we have an American who's doing great in FI Formula 3 over in Europe. They got a 15 race calendar and they've only had they've actually had uh, two weekends and and four races. And our guest that we interviewed this morning, Jack Crawford, is now sitting fourth in the points, but only four points out. And so let's hear this interview we did with Jack earlier today. The fans were very excited for our next guest because we have Jack Crawford, a 16-year-old Texan from just down the road a piece from here in Austin. And Jack, we're very excited to have you. Welcome to Speed City. Hi, thanks for having me. Hey, last time we talked to you, I guess it was about a year ago, you had already started the uh, FIF3 season that you were in the middle of last year. And it was, um, you had a slow start, ended up having a pretty good end end of the year. But this year, you just came through a breakthrough weekend and sitting fourth in the championship, only four points off. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Was, um, yeah, this past weekend, it was in Imola. And um, I finished third in the sprint race, second in the feature race. Was a really, really strong result. Um, you know, I'm with a new team this year with, with Prima Racing there. Um, you know, a very good team with lots of history. So, um, yeah, it's looking forward to be a, a good year. So, hey, so yeah. one of the things that, uh, you know, it might be a little confusing. We see you as Red Bull. We see you as Prema. Can you explain that relationship? Yeah, so basically we have um, the team, which is Prema, and then uh, the sponsorship or the, the junior team, which is uh, Red Bull, um, which is, um, I don't want to say managing isn't the right word, but, you know, um, aligning us with the with the teams um, in the past. Prima has been um, a lot with Ferrari Driver Academy. Um, you haven't seen a lot of Red Bull drivers at Prima, but over the the past two years, there's been um, there was Dennis Hauger last year in F3 and now in F2 as well. They have uh, two Red Bull juniors. So, um, yeah, it's um it's quite cool now. Um, you know, you get to see the the Red Bull drivers and the Ferrari drivers on the same team. So, 
Hey, Jack, I got to ask you about last weekend at Imola. Uh, like we said, a breakthrough weekend. You had you finished on the podium twice, finished third, finished second. In fact, if you'd had another lap or two, you might have won that race. I just watched that, the highlights of that again. But but what does this do for your confidence right now? I mean, last year you ended on a high note. Here you're only four races in at a 15, and you're already doing fantastic and you know right outside the 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 top three of the championship how does this what does this do for your confidence yeah it's a huge confidence booster i mean especially um you know in bahrain i had a i had an issue with the engine in qualifying um so i didn't really know where i stacked up um in qualifying pace and you know as a team we we struggled in in qualifying so um qualifying third and then you know, um, going on in the races to get two podiums was, um, uh, I think, a huge confidence booster, I think, for the team and myself. Um, you know, we know we can we can be up there and fighting for for wins and podiums now. Um, like we we knew we just, you know, in the in the first round, it was it was um, difficult to say. So, um, yeah, going into the, the rest of the season, super confident for sure. So, Jack. I've got to ask you about the, you know, you went through this last year, of course, but racing at these Formula One events, you know, racing in Imola, we got to see all the action at Imola on F1. And uh, how is that? I mean, you're a 16 year old kid, although I know you're about to be 17. What, tomorrow? Tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow. Uh, happy birthday. Happy, <laughs> happy <thanks>. birthday. <laughs> but, you know, you're 16 years old and you're, racing in the same paddock as these formula one drivers the greatest drivers in the planet i mean that, that's got to be just surreal yeah it is uh pretty cool um you know just being at the track it's a really cool atmosphere i mean every time the in italy every time the ferraris were passing by you'd hear a, a big big cheer from the crowd and it was kind of kind of cool and um you know as well with the getting on the podium and, and having to do the press conferences. It's in the F, F1 paddock. So you always walk through the F1 paddock after that. So it's um, kind of cool to go through there and, um, you know, see all the all the different teams and different people. And uh, I actually, I was walking back from the, the press conference um, of race one in the F1 paddock and I saw um, Dr. Helmut Marco. Um, so I got to say hi to him and, he said, "Good job." So, um, yeah, pretty cool. So. Well, Jack, oh, that's got to be just wicked. Or, or, yeah. Marco, you know, it, it, being around the Red Bull life, there, that's uh, that's recognition at the top. Yeah, well, Jack, you know, I say being uh, these guys are the great, greatest drivers in the world, but you're on that list now. I mean, you're moving up. You're in FIAF three, and you, you, you know, you really are. Uh, on that list of the best drivers in the world and you're starting to show it and you said you've got this confidence boost but you're four races in at a 15 and why don't you talk about what your expectations are for this year uh yeah obviously it's a very long season still to go i mean we still have seven weekends um 14 races total i think so it's gonna be a still a long ways to go um, you know, obviously I'm sitting in a, a good position in championship right now. And I think, um, you know, I'm just going to be looking to take it race by race, you know, cause, um, um, you know, you don't want to get your expectations too high that, um, 
and you don't want to get them too low as well. So I think, um, you know, just take it race by race, you know, next uh, race weekend, I'll just um, be looking to do best I can. So. so you've absolutely already been trending well. How do you keep this? How do you mentally stay in check? Physical is pretty easy that you keep doing what you did. But uh, mentally, how do you not get overwhelmed by your own success so far this year and derail yourself? Um, yeah, it is, um, you know, tough mentally. Um, you know, it's it's more tough when, when you have bad results because, um, you know, when the confidence isn't high, usually, um, you know, you don't, you don't drive as good because you want to be a little bit cautious. Um, but, yeah, it is, it is tough mentally, um, you know, and, after the first race in Bahrain, I, I was, uh, I wouldn't say panicked, but, um, you know, I, I don't think I was too well, you know, we had the, the tests, um, after the first round, which I think, you know, I was able to improve on, on what I needed to work on. And, you know, I got myself to, to a good state where I was confident again. Um, so yeah. And then after the, the race in Imola, um, you know, obviously, uh, feeling quite well again. So, so yeah, it is, it is very difficult to manage. Jack, I think we talked about this last year, but I mean, you're in FIF three and you're on the ladder to formula one, but between where you are and where you want to be, you got to get through F2 more than likely. Where do you think you need to finish this year to make a move to F2 next year? Um, well, I think, um, you know, I, I, I definitely don't want to stay another year in F3 because it, it's already felt like an eternity, um, even though it's only my second year. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, a, a top three, um, result would, you know, probably promote me, um, you know, obviously, um, ultimately looking, um, far ahead, a you know, a, a championship win would, um, you know, be massive for me in my career I think so um yeah I think uh you know anywhere in the top three so. yeah I agree with that I think you hit get in the top three and I don't think that precludes you if you don't I mean if you're having good racing I think everybody can see like you had some bad luck last week or last race in Bahrain so that can happen too but but yeah, yeah. I think that's that's probably a smart place to be um Les you wanted to ask him about being in Miami Miami. Hey, I know, I'm sure you've been there before, but uh, in fact, where are you right now? When do you get to Miami? And uh, tell us about your uh, your guest of Red Bull. You're, you're a special dignitary this weekend. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, at the moment I'm in, uh, in Milton Keynes in, in the UK. I'm um, here just with Red Bull. We're doing a, um, a junior team day. We're sort of um you know having a tour at the factory and whatnot um so that's pretty cool and then on uh on thursday i go to miami and i'm gonna be um just uh hanging out um with the the red bull f1 team so that'll be pretty cool hopefully i get to you know sit in some of the engineer meetings and um you know see what it's like um you know, all the engineers and the drivers and their feedback and everything. So, yeah, it'll be a super cool experience to see um, what it's like uh, to be in an F1 team. Fantastic. We've uh, had the opportunity to be around Max Verstappen quite a bit. How about you? 
No, not yet. But um, I think if you interviewed me in a in a week's time, I'd say yeah. So <laughs> we'll we'll try to catch you in Miami. <laughs> we'll be there too. Oh, cool, Jack. I got to ask you about the Red Bull team. You know, we're talking about Max Verstappen, but and we've seen the um, the grinder that the Red Bull team can be at the very top. Yes, the where you are now, it's a fantastic place to be. And it's obvious that you're doing well, that they're, they've got their attention on you. But we've seen what Albon and Gasly and, and, and really everybody who's been up against Max and Sergio, even last year, was struggling a little bit, obviously looking better towards the end of last year and looking good this year. But that's a pretty intense pressure cooker that is the Red Bull team, isn't it? Yeah, there is, um, you know, obviously um, pressure, I think. You know, for all of us, there is, you know, that um, that um, sort of expectation to to perform always and get, you know, good results. Um, you know, it's there is pressure, but that also it also comes with, um, you know, some pride as well. Being a part of the the Red Bull Junior team, being able, um, you know, being selected by um, Dr. Marco and and Christian Horner is pretty cool. So, um, you know, um there's also some confidence to that as well, um, as well as that that pressure to be, to know if you have a bad year, you know, um, your chances could be done. So, well, to be honest, I'm going to challenge you to to become a buddy of Max's because you and Max are uh, you know basically very much alike in his entry into F1, uh, him getting all this view and and kind of visibility at such a young age. I bet he's going to have some tips for you and some guidance. Maybe maybe y'all can work out and be a, have a buddy system to get you through those without as much uh, bad publicity as he had. Yeah, hopefully he can give me some tips. <laughs> Jack, I want to ask you about the rest of the season. I want to start, actually, I want to start back with Imola because that is such a cool, classic-looking track. And I want to get your impressions and then talk about maybe what races you're looking forward to, what circuits you're looking forward to in the season ahead. Yeah, Imola is, a, you know, a super, super cool track. I, I've raced there in the past in, in F4. And, um, you know, going going into this, my favorite track to race at, to drive at. Um, you know, so I was very excited um, to drive here in this super, super fast car with lots of downforce. And yeah, it's just an, an amazing track. It's a it's a shame we didn't get to do qualifying in the drag because I think it would have been really fun. Um, but yeah, it's one of those those old school tracks with with no runoff, um, you know, uh, no room for error, and um, you know you can use the curbs a lot as well, which you know makes it a bit more fun, a bit more variable how you hit the curbs. So um, yeah, it's it's just a super fun track, and I. I love to race there. And, um, you know, I think looking forward, I think ones I'm looking forward to are Silverstone. Um, you know, I've, I've never, never driven there before. So it'll be my first time. And I've heard, um, really good things about that track. Um, Red Bull Ring, I, you know, I, I had a good, good race weekend that there last year. And, um, also one of my, my favorite tracks to drive at. And, um, yeah, going back to, to Zamvort as well. Um, that was a super, super fun track to drive, sort of a bit like Imola, um, the old school style track with no runoff. So 
um, you know, super fast, super fun. And um, yeah, I think uh, Spa and Monza as well. Um, I guess I'm looking forward to all the rounds, but um, uh, you know, Spa, we we didn't drive in the dry last year, it was super wet. Um, so hopefully we get to drive in the dry and then Monza as well. I've never raced there before. So um, we'll also be cool to go there. So. And that sounds like a, a, a complete bucket list of circuits, doesn't it? When you say them all out loud like that. <laughs> For a kid from yeah. Texas. That's all right. Jack, I got to ask you one question. You mentioned Zanfort. I was there when Max went there in a pre kind of a publicity tour. And it was so much fun being there amongst that crowd and everything. But everybody was excited for the banked curve. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it wasn't there yet, but ultimately it was there by the time the, the race came around. Tell us what that's like, because that is a total different perspective. And apparently the only banked curve to that degree on any of the calendars. Yeah, we um, was the first time we had any corner like that um, or any corner I've I've raced on or any track I've raced on with a corner like that. So, um, you know, going into it, I mean, I had some some testing experience in F4 in 2020 on the new track so um in 2021 um the turn three banking when i sort of knew like the outside would be quickest i sort of discovered it in the f4 like you know carrying the momentum on the outside um and yeah when i got there for the free practice it it turned out to be the quickest and was was super weird you know seeing everyone you know be so far off the apex but um, you know, it was also kind of cool um, because you could also take a little bit lower line if you're trying to overtake. So that was, um, you know, quite cool. And as well, you know, uh, physically it was was a bit demanding because, um, you know, no power steering in the F3, F2 and um, was was quite difficult on the arms, especially the the long corner where you have so much, you know, compression um, in the in the baking. So. Jack, I've got one final question for you. I want to ask you, with the resurgence of Formula One right now and the old saying, uh, rising tide lifts all boats, subsequently F2, F3, you, you can watch all these races on ESPN. And But with the rising uh, interest in the United States, especially after the Netflix effect and all that, the Americans are now looking for an American driver to move into that spotlight. And how amazing would that be if that were Jack Crawford? Yeah, it'd be uh, pretty amazing, obviously. Um, you know, I don't want to put any pressure on myself, but, um, you know, it is is pretty cool. I've talked to, you know, a couple of people and, um, you know, all the, um you know america's really growing in in f1 terms um you know f1 is is coming um in america so um growing quite fast with obviously liberty media and f1 drives to survive and now next year three races in in the u.s so um so yeah it's uh you know coming fast and i think it's a a good market for for me it's a good time for me to to go into f1 so and jack you know congrats best wishes but before we close out i gotta ask you about the uh fast friends program 
that you've started us. Introduce our audience to the Fast Friends program. Yeah, Fast Friends um, was a a um, a charity me and my mom set up, um, or my mom helped me. Um, we use money I um, I got from um, racing rewards um, to to buy a two seater go kart, and you know I drove um, you know kids around um, and in uh, that in that two seater go kart. So. Um, that was quite cool, and we raised some money with that. Um, so yeah, that was quite cool. I haven't haven't been able to do it in a while because um, I've been so busy in, in Europe. But um, you know, hopefully, when I get back soon, I'll be able to um, you know start it up again. Well, I think it's great because it will introduce folks to this motorsport. You know, as we say, get them out of the bleachers and into a seat, get them to experience it, uh, even if they go back to the bleachers. Uh, it's really something else. Even, you know, uh, as, as we have folks visit, I have a neighbor that uh, I had out at Coda and gave them a tour, took them up on podium. It wasn't a race weekend and all that, but all that. And you'll be amazed what gets them hooked. They started watching the races at Coda because they wanted to show people where they stood. And now they're a racing fan and they're following Formula One all around. And so thanks for doing that, you know, help, help foster and help grow the, the audience and the fan base. Yeah, it was a super fun um, time meeting all the kids. And it was super fun to see, uh, you know, all their reactions um, when I was taking them around. So, All right, gearheads, we are going to go straight to break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Miami Grand Prix coming up next weekend. You're listening to Speed City back after these messages. Hey guys, we are very excited to welcome our new sponsor, All Stop Brewery, to Speed City. These guys make a fantastic beer, and I'm going to let Jonathan talk about it, but I'm going to tell you about it. When I tasted it, I am not a big beer aficionado. I like a nice cold beer, but I'm always worried about a craft beer or a new beer that it's going to have a funky taste, especially aftertaste. This beer was fantastic. I have absolutely no... Uh, no qualms at all that this is my new favorite beer. But Jonathan, you know why, what makes it so special, the water and the recipe? Well, yeah, I mean, these guys have done their research and do it right. And they've even imported the right water to do it right. I mean, it, it, I tell you, this Alstad beer, fantastic. And I'm, uh, you know, most Europeans are snobs about their beer. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those. Because, You're definitely a snob? Yes, okay. about my beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because there's no question, carbonation has always been my issue here in the States. It's overcarbonated. And our lagers, our pilsners and lagers in Europe, um, uh, especially German ones, are not that heavily carbonated. And that's a key thing. And that's the first thing that uh, hit me was just how well they've done the beer. Uh, it's based out of Fredericksburg. It's, uh, it's got a great tie-in because obviously Fredericksburg, a German town, and now they've got a Texas German beer, and it's cracking. Yeah, and the uh, the facility out there, it's amazing. They've, they've really done it right. It's really fantastic. So so check it out. You can get it at all the local HEBs and everything else, right? Yep. Uh, it's around all around Texas. You can get it. Uh, they sell it in... Uh, uh, on on the shelf there as a Texas beer, but uh, I'll tell you what, you're in, right back in Germany when you drink it. 
And it's altstottbeer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Altstottbeer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hello to everyone, this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Gunther Steiner, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to, is going and hanging out with Gunther for a little bit. Uh, you know it'll be fun. All right, so we're going to talk about Miami. We're going to be there. The whole team's going to be there next weekend, or this weekend, depending on how you look at it. The next one. The next weekend. <laughs> so we'll be there all weekend. We're going to get there uh, and be uh, on the ground Friday morning early. So we'll be there all weekend and putting out content as much as we can. And But Les, I'm excited about this thing because there's – I mean, look, how many years did we talk about how we could grow the sport in the United States – Little did we know that some crazy idea of Netflix has exploded the sport, and now we've got Miami, and of course Vegas coming next year. But I am uh, I'm looking at the the layout of the circuit, and I'm looking at that that long back straight, and I think I measured it was about four thousand feet, and about four thousand feet of straightaway, and they're saying. 200 miles an hour, but I'm thinking that's a long way. I guess they're basing this on just estimates or whatever, but depending on how the downforce setting is, that, that ought to be easy more than 200 miles an hour. Yeah, I think so. You know, it's a nice layout. Uh, they've done well. You know, we, we talk about, yeah, it's still a street race that also goes through a parking lot around Hard Rock Stadium there. But uh, I got to say, they, you know, I don't know what the budget was they spent on this, but they have made it nice. I've uh, seen a couple of different things. I saw the uh, sim run of it. I uh, saw a guy that uh, pirated a drone around it. And I say pirate because I'm pretty sure it was not official. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it uh, looks interesting. You know, one of the things that uh, I think is we've talked about getting it there, but do you realize this is the 11th place that Formula One has had a race in the U.S.? 
huh, I knew there was a bunch. I didn't know the exact number. So one of the things that, uh, you know, came up some time ago, we were discussing, you know, will it dilute the audience? Will it do all these different things? Well, there was a great article. I'm sorry I don't have it at the tip of my finger, though. But basically, they took the physical layout of the United States, kind of the, the footprint of it, and they laid a graphic over it in several different places around the world. And there were easily more than three races in that size of spread. And so, you know, I've even, seen that. With, uh, even with Vegas coming up next year and joining the calendar and Austin, Miami, I don't think even Mexico City is really going to have an impact that would dilute our audience that we couldn't have a, a great attendance at every one of those races. I, I, the way the tickets sold out in both Coda and Miami this year, I can't even imagine. And, you know, the ESPN numbers and all those things. So I don't think it's an issue at all. I think that is is done. Uh, what about the fake marina, Les? <laughs> Taking my floaties. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you got to check out this, this uh, you know, how Miami, how, uh, I don't know what, uh, I can't really compliment it. it. It does look good, but really basically what they've done is they put up a fake marina in one of the parking lots. Like a big wooden deck, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, and they've got the deck and they've brought in yachts and they parked them in the parking lot with this fake water around it. And so now you can have your yacht party in Miami in a dry dock space. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I guess that's as close to Monaco as they're getting in Miami. Hmm. Hey, I meant to mention something about the tickets because when you were talking about um, more than just the fact that they sold out, I, I wanted to look at the prices. You know, they have their general admission is called Campus Pass. And they were um, Friday only's were three hundred, Saturday only four hundred, Sundays five hundred dollars. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. What two races ago in Coda, you could buy a three day uh, a general admission pass for under two hundred dollars. Yep, exactly. That ought to show you what has happened to the to the popularity of Formula One. But yeah, they've got. Um, Three, four, and five hundred dollars for the campus pass and main grandstands. I mean, I'm not even sure what's if anything's still available. Obviously, if you're if you haven't made plans to to go, you're probably not. Yeah, I did check, and there are a couple of single day campus passes and uh, five hundred dollar for the Sunday one. Yeah, that's what I was just yeah. what I was just talking about. Yeah, can you imagine one single day? General admission, <laughs> five hundred bucks. I hope there's a lot of people that are that passionate about it. To be uh, you know, I I think it's a bucket list for a lot of people. You know, oh, especially. No. Well, I had a friend of mine who um, it's actually more of a friend of a bro my brother, but he's a longtime family friend, and he had learned all about it from uh, Drive to Survive, and he got his tickets. He paid in advance. And he was like, what else can I, what else can I do? I'm willing to spend any kind of money. Can I go do this and this? And I just sent him a link to said, I don't, I don't know. Go here and look <laughs> at, ch start checking boxes and get your credit card out. And then he texted me last night and he came down with COVID Ooh. and he's like, oh, and I said, I can't believe that. Um, but Miami's going to be great for all those reasons. But I also want to talk about the racing in Miami because there's several teams. I think Mercedes being the, the most prize profile that's saying they're going to bring upgrades to Miami. That ought to be interesting. 
Should be. It really ought to be interesting. And I keep looking at Mercedes. And, uh, you know, we mentioned it last week. Look at where uh, George Russell is. I find it really hard to think there's too much wrong with the Mercedes. Of course, everybody wants to improve. But honestly, you know, it, it was just... That's a good point. Bonkers. He's in to, fourth place. Yeah. He's up there. I mean, right behind. 21 points ahead of Hamilton. Yeah. And so, honestly, I'd, you know, I don't think there's anything really crazy going on. I question what Hamilton's got in his head or whatever. Yeah. That's got him off the horse like that because that's a big deal. That's a big difference uh, to see him go from where he was battling truly neck and neck last year with Max to where he is now. Well, and, for, and equal cars. Yeah, and for one, we got a lot of season left. I mean, we're we're talking all about Red Bull and Ferrari, but the there's a ton of season left. I mean, look at last year. Remember when Red Bull went on? How many went races in a row did they win last year? It was oh, like, yeah, it was quite a few. Yeah, and I mean, it was. It turned out that they were only about. I think the the peak was at about thirty six point lead, and then that's when Max had a DNF. And Hamilton won the race, and you had a 25-point swing, and I think I may have been Silverstone, and then everything was was back in action, and we were now we we you know went on to the rest of the season to battle it out to the very literally down to the last minute of the race. So so who knows? Who knows? We will have to wait and see. Um one other thing I want to looking forward to at Miami, we're looking forward to seeing the W series. W series back in the States. So that'll be a great thing to see. I'm anxious to see uh, kind of how it's rece- received again. Uh, being They've been here a couple times now. I hope it starts picking up the momentum that we know it can. We've got uh, Shay Holbrook is a uh, you know, former W Series racer. She's racing another series right now and managing a team there. But uh, I hope she comes to Miami. I'd, I'd love to get her take on what's happening with the W Series right now and s- some of those changes. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, they've done a Miami GP does a great job on their, their Twitter. If you want to go look at, they've got, if you can literally just scroll through the last few tweets talking about what all there is to do, all the different experiences. Uh, there it is. There's a picture of the yachts and Marina. If you look at, at a photo on their Twitter, maybe we can bring it up on YouTube producer, but it looks just like you're at the beach and it's like, Oh, you can go get on this boat. <laughs> but when you see the the drone shots of it, it doesn't, it doesn't look right at all. Squint your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Tilt you, your head. <laughs> you remember when there was rumors of that in Austin? Remember that? I think it was, so our first race was 2012. Yeah. I think there was rumors that they were going to do some sort of of place to park yachts around Coda. Well, remember I that? know that um, one of the guys, one of the giant yacht owners, was hoping to place his yacht in Town Lake. <laughs> and I don't know if they realize how landlocked, you know, Town Lake was, how, you know, what is it, 30 feet deep, if that. Yeah. How, how are you going to get it in there? And then how Exactly. <laughs> I don't think they actually had a lot of good uh, intelligence oh, on that's funny. getting it there, but I did hear about that. Uh, well, I am excited to see the racing because, you know, with Verstappen winning the last race, he's got 59 points and Leclerc's got 86, so... You know, uh, a DNF from Leclerc and a win by Verstappen, and we're tied, basically. And, uh, yeah, and I am looking forward to seeing what what upgrades, what people bring. 
And I'm assuming all that's been done right now because stuff is about to get on a plane. Probably some of it is on a plane and headed over shortly. So Sure, I bet it's already there. The one thing that came up, uh, Alfa Romeo is really thinking that they've got a handle on Miami because of the way they've performed in similar tracks. Uh, using data comparison, they think this is going to favor them. And they're going to look strong. Well, I certainly hope so. But even so, I just think the street course don't leave Daniel Ricardo out on a street course. We've seen at Monaco, you know, wins and near wins come through on that. So I'm anxious to see if Valtteri, you know, comes through. I know, by the he's way. Had, he's looked great this year, you know? Uh, I had a report just before we came on air. Valtteri Botas was in a bicycle race in San Diego today. Oh, that's cool. He's over in the States already. All right, well, let's go ahead and get our last break in. And when we come back, we'll have a few more F1 stories. We'll talk a little MotoGP. You're listening to Speed City live from Austin, Texas. Back after these. USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com That's MotivationUSA.com If you want to know where the path to Formula One and Indy begins, it's three simple letters. VRD. VRD Racing of Atlanta, Georgia are dedicated to nurturing young, single-seater drivers on their quest to the pinnacle of motorsport. Having just wrapped up the team's championship title in 2021 in the F4 US Championship, they also have programs in FR Americas, the all-new USF Juniors, and the road to Indy. VRD is the perfect environment for success. To join the team, drop them a DM on Instagram at Velocity underscore RD. Talk 13.7, the right choice. You're listening to Speed City Radio. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back. We have a caller on the line. We have uh, James. Hey, James, how are you? Good, how are you guys? Good, where are you calling from? Austin. Austin, well, what's... Oh, wait a minute. This is Corner Marshal James. Uh-huh. Hey, how's it going, James? <laughs> good, how are you guys? Doing good. Good, what's on your mind? Oh, I just wanted to talk a little about MotoGP when it came through here, and uh, yeah, maybe some IndyCar. Well, sure. What uh, What'd you think of MotoGP? Oh, it was good fun. Um, I was uh, marshal at turn seventeen, and we had lots of action on Saturday, especially. Had four bikes go off on just Saturday. Wow, that, you know, and that was a. Uh, there were a lot of things. You know, those bikes are dealing with the new uh, surface and everything since they had been here. There were lots of good feedback. Uh, that they had provided us, you know, that it was smoother, you know, transitions were actually smooth, but uh, still the texture, it was bedding in with the new rubber. Hmm. Yeah, we actually had one uh, one bike go off and then another one right after them, so we have to keep our heads up for that. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if that was target fixation or a bump that got them both. You don't really see too many bumps out there. Yeah, uh, the resurface that they did, um, I know they, they said it estimated 
in the last couple of years, it was what, 85% or something. But I know that, you know, that, that is a huge investment. And I know there's still a handful of people saying there was some spots even in the reef surfaced area that weren't perfect. But um, I know that it was, I mean, it was a huge deal for Coda to do that. Well, um, you said IndyCar too, James? Yeah, I was watching the race today. Yeah, what'd you think? It was good fun. Um, I was pulling for Scott McLaughlin, having my uh, New Zealand background that I have that doesn't come through with my accent very much. I can try to put it on. Uh, but yeah, that was fun. Uh, seeing him and Scott Dixon battle it out was pretty cool. Yeah. McLaughlin looked good, though, doesn't he? He did, yeah. I, mean, I think he's third in points, only four behind the leader now. So. Yeah, he's up there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, And he actually won the, um, not that they advertised it, but the iRacing season they had. Huh. Oh, you're a thick end of that, I know. Have you raced against any of these guys yet? No, I have not. <laughs> I see a name that I think I recognize sometimes. Well, I, don't, I think I've just seen them in the previous races. <laughs> no, no that's, those guys do that. Like We had Connor Daly on last year, and he was talking about, during the pandemic, and he was talking about that he'll just race anybody. and They'll just jump on, and he'll race them. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm actually having to take a little break right now because my breaking foot had surgery. Um, but I might... Might try some uh, adaptive controls, see how that goes. Or maybe switch over to drag racing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they do this thing at Sonoma every once in a while where they will do a drag race and our racing. <laughs> uh, it sounds fun. Oh, uh, I got to yeah. check that out. I have to come check that out sometime. Yeah. Well, James, thanks for calling in. I appreciate you listening. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. And good luck with that foot. No worries. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. All right, speaking of MotoGP, let's talk a little MotoGP. I didn't get to see it, Les. I had kid kid things, and I watched IndyCar and did some uh, Formula One stuff. But yeah. Absolutely. So I caught some of MotoGP. I did not see the whole thing. But I'll tell you, the one thing that's keeping me excited about this is the way the standings and the way the races are finishing. I mean, so get this. Perfect example today. Bagnaya is first place on a Ducati. On a Yamaha is second. Elisa Spargo on Aprilia is third. Honda, fourth. Finally, we get a repeat brand, Ducati at fifth. Wow, that's cool. And so we've been seeing that pretty regularly with this. And I absolutely love how jumbled up anything will go on. Now, if, if you don't have all day to you know catch all the races that we try to catch, <laughs> check out you know the last five or ten laps. You're going to see a great battle with Pagnaia and Quattararo in that. You'll also see Marquez do one of his famous elbow saves, <laughs> falling off, you know, just about falling off the bike, pushing back up and getting back on two uh, through the course. That actually cost him a few spots. He would have been further up, but uh, he still wound up fourth place. Hmm. So, yeah, this is uh, something else. Still great season shaping up. I'm just uh, ecstatic. For the combination, nobody's running away with it. It's not always one rider. It's uh, definitely been jumbled up. You know, uh, Jorge Martin that we saw here that was doing so well did not have another good weekend. Uh, he's got to get his act together and figure out a way to stay on the horse and keep it on the trail because it is not happening right now. And uh, he's floating back. Sorry, Aunt Susan. How's Marquez doing it health-wise? Marquez seems to be doing all right. Like I said, he was up battling for the front pack thick into it uh he did start to go off he saved it uh through a curve using his elbow again getting up and so uh you know that's not a that's a pretty demanding maneuver of anybody 
much less a Marquez that's been injured and is getting back in. Because he had uh, essentially, what was it, double vision? Yeah. And so, you know, that I just... take it that his vision's back, but just the strength that I know that he was battling with as well. Uh, yeah, that's I think true. he's in good shape. Yeah, what else today in MotoGP? Anything else? I got a couple of more Formula One things. Uh, you know, Jack Miller, still one of my favorites. Uh, he wound up in fifth, a little ways off the podium. But uh, I just thoroughly enjoy watching Jack Miller ride. Oh, yeah. And, uh, he's one of the most he's, popular, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's fun in the paddock. But uh, looking further back, a couple of names called out. Uh, Brad Bender on his KTM back in 10th. Alex Marquez still... Chasing his big brother was 13th today. Uh, Maverick Vinales is Aprilia back in 14th. I'm disappointed in that. I really like how strong Maverick could look over the past couple of years. And uh, I don't think it's age, but I, I don't think uh, I don't think I can really appraise what's going on with him yet. Hmm. Well, we shall see. Uh, Formula One. So, like I said, we're going to be in Miami, and the whole gang is going to be there. Looking forward to. You know, we get to work with Bob Varsha, but it's always over Zoom because we're here in the studio here in Austin, and Bob's just joins us over Zoom from his place in Atlanta. And but he's going to be there with us. We're going to be there all weekend, and we are going to be putting out content on all of our social media. We'll try to throw things up on YouTube as well as much as we can. We don't have video rights; we got radio rights, so we're going to be limited on a lot of that. But um, but we're going to be down there, and of course, like you mentioned at the top of the show, Chris Medlin will be. Uh, working with us next weekend, and and we're going to try to get interviews with virtually every somebody from every team, like we do here in Austin. So we're looking forward to that. But and, of course, Haas. And of course, Haas F one. We're you know we've really befriended those guys, and uh, it's it's great to have Magnuson back. Yeah. And so we'll hopefully we'll sit down with him, and uh, we'll get all that scheduled. And of course, to find out, you know, we have, we have, uh, we do the pre and post race show and we do those on national radio. If you go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, you can find out exactly how to listen. And we're going to have limited coverage on YouTube because of the video rights. We don't have video rights. So we're going to try to still have our pre and post race show on YouTube and Facebook and probably with just like a still image or two. So we're going to have that coverage as well. But, uh, but you can, of course, listen on national radio on uh, the usual spot. So go to our website to check that out. And um, unless you said Dave O'Neill might be joining us as well. He Dave might a, make it there. Yeah, he's a former Haas F1 team manager. Dave joins us whenever he can and uh, provides us with a crazy cool insight of an insider that just really got out of Formula 1. I guess it's been a few years now, but... Uh, but not that long ago. So hey, and you heard Jack Crawford's going to be there as a, a special guest of Red Bull, yep. and so uh, we'll we'll try to catch up with him and uh, see if we can't take him over towards the mics as well. Yeah, and I'm sure the uh, the Fittipaldi boys will be there, being that's their oh uh, yeah their home the hometown home state for sure. Are they did they Pietro. grew up in Miami. Yeah, I think they were. I think they did too. Yep. So and because you know being with Pietro being the Haas reserve driver, he'll be there, but. I think the both Pietro, I mean both the Fittipaldi brothers will be there as well. So um, we'll of, catch up with uh, a lot, lot of American names. connections. That's so. right. And in fact, you know Miami is pulling all the stops out. Three ambassadors for this race: Andretti, Fittipaldi, and Montoya. So uh, that's cool. This is going to be a, another big convergence, like it was in 2012, of so many of the uh, F1 drivers from the past coming in for this because 
it's going to be a big splash. I can't see what Miami's going to be like. I think it's going to be even bigger. Yep. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, follow us on social media. We put out lots of content there. And, of course, our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. Thanks, everybody. And we will talk to you from Miami next weekend. Ciao, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com.